exclusive we put we chillin' real hard you know how we do All right, you guys, welcome to Discussions Podcast. It's your girl, Mika Gwen. Welcome to my new listeners. Welcome back to my returning listeners. I got some returning guests with me. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, y'all. Tip 2 Trill. Hey, girl. Hey. Welcome. Hey, what's up, everybody? You got Mr. Allen, 1911. What up, Mr. Allen? How y'all doing tonight? Doing good. Doing well. Wonderful. Hey, y'all. Happy Black History Month. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to be saying that on every episode for the rest of February. Power to the people. Black power. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So like I said in previous episodes for the month of February, we're going to be giving you guys informative episodes on a variety of topics. So today, you guys, I want to talk about colorism in the black community. Important so, topic. A pretty deep topic for for this episode so let me start off by asking you guys an obvious question it's very obvious but for the purpose of dialogue i'm gonna ask it do black people categorize how black you are by your skin tone yes definitely most definitely so why do you think that is well, people just assume that the lighter you are, the closer you are to Caucasian. And, you know, they could kind of judge you based on that and think that you are less black because you are more white in their eyes. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's deep. I just think they do it because it's the easiest thing for them to say because they're looking at you and you light-skinned, so you light-skinned Julie. You dark-skinned Bob. You black Bill. That's just how some black people are. They just petty like that. Mm-hmm. They find a feature about you, and if that's the feature that stands out, then you. Yeah. Met. Well, when it comes to nicknames, definitely black people are going to observe you, and, and and that name can come from an observation. But we're just talking about just generally, like, do black people categorize based on complexion? No, definitely. I, I definitely think they do. But I just think sometimes it's just as simple as what I just said. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not as, as I don't think sometimes it's not more to it. Just the fact that mm-hmm. you light skinned, you dark skinned. But, you know, it still comes from a a rooted, you know, something. right? Yes. Right. And I also feel like, too, that I definitely agree that black people do categorize how black you are by your skin tone. And in some ways I see it in addition to what you guys said, I see it as some sort of competition about like who, who's really black. Like I'm, I'm black, blacker because I'm darker brown than you are. Right. Because that can, that whole idea of I'm more blacker than you can actually like, extend beyond skin color it could be oh where you're from what city oh well i'm from the city you from the suburbs so i'm more black than you because i can relate exactly or even something as trivial as the way you talk oh you talk white so and i know abonics so i'm blacker than you that whole talking white Mm -hmm. thing like i heard that so much growing up yeah all my life i've heard that you talk white and 
I just didn't have the the luxury to talk any way I wanted to in my house. So mm-hmm. it was just. But what is talking white? Right. People assume or people who say that you're talking white usually it's because you're speaking proper English mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily using e- ebonics or black <clears throat> vernacular. That's yeah. one aspect of talking white. Uh, the other aspect of talking white is pitch and tone yeah. and certain words that come out, you know, just a little talking different. white. Like, for example, sometimes you hear white people, they when they talk like this and they're their words go high mm-hmm. at the end of the sentence what they're saying you know <laughs> yeah. that that's something that white people do and when you hear black people talk like that yeah because that's what we related to that's, right? oh you're talking white right not not necessarily that you're speaking proper english because there's a bunch of people you'll hear on the phone speaking proper english and you know automatically oh this is a black person i'm talking to right, right. that's true well i think that black people tend to have like a a deeper inflection than white women. And that could really come from just the way we're brought up, you know, and the way we talk, you know, but. Oh, it's definitely environmental. Yeah, it's definitely environmental because there's, you know, white people that have grown up in black environments and you you could talk to them and they can sound like a quote unquote black person. Yeah. And vice versa. That's true. I think is, I think like you said, Alan, when I'm talking to somebody on the phone that I don't know, I can automatically tell if they're black, white. But I think that I can do my voice to make it sound to where you wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. You could code switch. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think I can, too. Yeah. Especially with the proper English well, added on I don't to think it. you could, Alan, because I think your voice is too deep. Mm-mm. Now. I, but I think... I don't think it's too deep. I just think that I've been so far removed from having to code switch. <laughs> that you don't know how to do it no more. Th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, back to colorism. Um, do you guys think, so when I think about colorism within the black community, I always try to think about, well, where did this all start? And... I go back to slavery. Yes. Would, would you guys agree that I mean, it goes back to slavery absolutely. when it comes to Definitely. house slaves versus field slaves? The Willie and Lynch. How- Willie Lynch. If you believe the Willie Lynch, mm-hmm. it kind of lays it out there. So for people who may not have read it, can you expand on that? Yes. Yeah, so um, people say that Willie Lynch wasn't a real person. But it was basically a letter that Willie Lynch wrote to other slave owners regarding how to treat their slaves Mm -hmm. in order to basically divide and conquer, basically. And how they did it was based on your complexion, where they would have it where the lighter skin slaves would be primarily in the house. Mm -hmm. And the darker skinned slaves would primarily be out in the field. Right. And, you know, the whole idea of it being, oh, it's easier in the house. And then compound that, you know, just kind of outside of the letter with the fact that, you know, the slave master 
raped, you know, a lot of the slave women and then created, you know, mixed children who mm-hmm. were light skinned. Right. And so, you know, the whole idea of them being in the house, that kind of, but they're still considered black. They're, they're still considered, you know, a part of the entire group kind of also still created a that. Still a slave. Mm-hmm. But it created that separation Division. even more based on skin tone. Right. So that's definitely the root of colorism to this day. To this day. And the fact that even after slavery, so... If you were mixed, it didn't matter how close removed your white relatives were. It was the one drop rule that if you, Mm -hmm. even if your great, great, great grandfather was black, you were considered black. And so it basically made it so that, you know, there's so many different shades of people who were still considered black. Right. Right. Did you want to add to that, Mr. Allen? No, I think she broke it down pretty good. <laughs> so to this day, obviously, um, not only does black people have to deal with racism due to being black, um, but we ourselves in the black community are colorists towards each other, right. which is rooted from right. the house slaves versus the field slaves, so to speak. Um, But at the end of the day, everybody was still slaves and everybody still had to go through that struggle. Right. So I guess it's hard when you're in that environment, you're just trying to survive. So you can't think about it overall that, oh, we're all just slaves. You're just trying to do whatever you can to survive and maybe possibly make it easier for yourself. Right. Of course. And your children. Right. So what? You guys tell me this. Why do you guys think that obviously black people were conditioned to go against each other, rooted from slavery? How is it that that conditioning has survived this long after slavery to this day? Well, I guess it it depends on what you believe. But in my opinion... um, we're talking about psychological warfare in Mm -hmm. a sense where you're able to use media and imagery and entertainment to shape what, you know, what you want society to be. Mm-hmm. So through movies and TV and all that stuff, you see videos and what you're being bombarded through on the internet every day. Music. It, yeah, your music, it, you know. It shapes everything. It shapes your self-image. It shapes what you will perceive an ideal mate to be. Mm-hmm. You know, how you should look. What What's considered beautiful, what's considered... Uh, attractive. What's considered ugly. Definitely. Weird. You know, just. Mm -hmm. And then around, just to kind of piggyback, but like kind of backtrack a little bit of how I was able to continue. You know, after slavery, there was a whole industry of blackface. You know, we, a lot of people don't really know about what blackface was, but it was the number one form of entertainment in America for a long time. And basically what it was, was white actors. White people. 
white people putting on black makeup with exaggerated black features, right? unrealistic black features, and then making them do quote unquote stereotypical things of black people in a hateful way, portraying black people as lazy, Mm -hmm. ignorant, stupid. And so you com- you see the image of black, com- you know, combine with these negative portrayals. And mm-hmm. then that's just the earliest form of, like Mr. Allen said, of psychological warfare. Right. Making a whole group of people feel inferior mm-hmm. and also creating a situation where, you know, you're making one group of people, you know, kind of feel not necessarily feel superior but be made to be superior right. because of those made up ideals right so that entertainment that you speak of back in the day of course i think um not too long ago mr allen you were showing uh, me an old cartoon that was portraying those images of black people as being lazy all the stereotypes of black people was being portrayed in that particular cartoon i can't remember the name of it that you showed me um so i often think like back then i wonder if black people watched that and could could tell that that was being done i feel like now just like you showed me the video and i was able to pinpoint like like the stereotypes that they were trying to portray through through that cartoon but i'm wondering like if back back in the day when that cartoon was being played if black people watched it and noticed like the racism racism the stereotypes that were trying to be portrayed i'm gonna go on ahead and say no and for two reasons so me as a child, like looking at a lot of the cartoons that were made back in that time, like in the fifties and sixties, like the Looney Tunes and the, right, you know, Disney, and watching it as a child, you know, you just take it in innocently. You don't really, you know, you don't. You just take it for what it is, right? And then you know, I feel like our parents, they just say, "Oh, it's Disney. Oh, it's a cartoon. You know, this is." okay for my child to watch but then going back as an adult and watching a lot of those things you can see the racism there but why is it that the parents don't notice that like are we just more aware now in this day and age than black people were back then I i think we are more aware now uh than we were back then but i also think it's the parents, you know, certain parents might have noticed it. I, you know, my background was definitely my parents noticed it, but my parents were educators. So Mm -hmm. they were very conscious about the images that were displayed in front of us, even though we still saw the cartoons and saw that, but there was other things that were brought into the picture Mm-hmm. Uh, of learning, especially during Black History Month, right? You know, you know, board games that were geared toward Black History. Uh, you know, I can't even think of the name of the the board game, but it was kind of like a trivial pursuit type mm-hmm. of board game, mm-hmm. and all these different types of Black History type 
you know, events and things to go along with it. So, okay. I mean, I think that's great, but I don't think that that's the experience of most, at least in my age range and group. But, you know, I do think that now we're more aware of it. I think because like being from the millennial generation and we have all these examples, civil rights movement, black Panthers, Malcolm X. And then we had, um, in terms of Hollywood and in the nineties, we had great examples of black TV right. families. And so, you know, I feel like it made us a little bit more aware than our predecessors. So are you saying like us growing, like growing up in the nineties, we have more positive, uh, portrayal of black people so Absolutely. when something ignorant portraying black stereotypes was on tv we were able to compare and say no that's not right yep. and just knowing the history of the black community we were able were able to be more aware yeah and then uh, you know with the millennials also so you know not only did we have more positive portrayals you know in the 90s also you know we kind of grew up with the whole internet boom and so, you know, we grew up having access, having internet access, having the ability to research topics that, you know, our parents, they would only have access if they went True. to a library mm -hmm. to find out things like that. I would say that that's probably you saying that is probably one of the probably number one answers to how come the parents didn't recognize the stereotypes within the entertainment Absolutely. that we were, you know, exposed to. That also goes into uh -huh. colorisms, uh, generational type things that come into play, uh, just with the entertainment, just, you know, I'm a little older than the millennial more, I'm a generation X. So I still remember when hip hop was coming into play and, there was a lot of colorisms within the hip hop because you had a lot of more of the lighter skin, upper echelon types that didn't like it, tried to do everything to, they could to kind of squash it. Oh, it's just a fad. Yeah. But then as that started to grow, a lot of the colorisms things that were issues back then mm -hmm. weren't as prevalent as they were during the times of hip hop growth in the nineties and the early two thousands, mm -hmm. but it comes in different forms. I believe now in the way with what I call the light skin backlash, because mm -hmm. in the beginning you had the light skins were really pushed out there in the media uh -huh. and dark skin was considered not attractive and less appealing. Right. And then something happened in the nineties, late nineties, mid nineties, late nineties, where dark skinned men started getting pushed more into the limelight. Mm -hmm. And then dark skin started, especially in the black community. So, like, what year do you was think the quote-unquote thing? Yeah. Around yeah. what year do you think that started to happen? I'm just curious. I, I would say starting like mid to late 90s is when it really started. You started to see it. Right. Uh, and then by the time 2000s came around, especially like 2010, that's when you started getting all the light-skinned jokes 
uh, light skinned niggas be like, dark skinned niggas be like, right. you know, types of jokes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're joking about it, but in the same thing, it's still the same colorism issues that, exactly. that you know, are being portrayed in different ways than what they were back in our parents' exactly. generation. Exactly. Because even nowadays, with the whole light skin joke, I feel like the current joke is light skin e- equals emotional, sensitive. And so the joke is, like, I'll hear it even, like, on the radio. Like, oh, you acting real light skin right now. That's still prevalent these days, and I feel like more so... From my perspective, these days, it's okay to make a light skin joke, but not okay to make a dark skin joke. Yeah, especially if you're a woman. Yeah, because like, yeah, definitely. But I think that, I don't think you, okay. I don't think that it is, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it's insensitive to make a joke, no matter if you're light skin or dark skin. But what I would say about the jokes for light skin you know, tend to be more, oh, like, stuck up or soft, whereas a dark-skinned joke might be ugly or you can't do that, you can't wear that type of thing, I can't see you. Not to say that they are any more damaging than the other, but one kind of just makes fun, pokes fun, that kind of like, oh, you know, a stereotype kind of thing. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm really, if it's really coming out the way I want to say it, mm-hmm. but I guess one is just based off of historical, like basis on, oh, ugly, things like that. And one is just mm-hmm. kind of like poking fun, like kind of, not to say that they can't be any more damaging, but it's just one is coming from a different place than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that, but I I would definitely agree that both could be damaging. Yeah. Um, but I could see the differences with the two. So why do you, why do you guys think that this whole dark skin versus light skin thing is still going on? Media. Like, why do black people still come at each other? Well, but of course the media can be the root of it, but as a people, why can't we get past it? Yeah. Like as an individual, do you feel like it's more so like one side is trying to prove a point to the other? I don't know about prove a point. I think it's more so, I just think that just going back to how things were in slavery, like I think that we're still a people that because our country has never properly addressed it, the issue of slavery and really you know, taking care because we're a people that has PTSD from slavery and the effects of it. And we've never have been given a chance to fully heal. And so, you know, based on that, that's the reason why we can't get past it because we're still living those effects from slavery. Mm -hmm. You know, like as a a whole, like just based on the things that happened to us, like it, it would have to be a therapy on a massive level. Oh yeah, for know, sure. For us to even like address a small to get part. to the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I said prove a point is because 
For example, one of the things that I I see like online, um, for example, when it comes to dark skin versus light skin is it always seems as though, for example, like a dark skin person is trying to prove that light skin people have it easier. I've seen on both sides where it's like that competition of who has it harder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like where the dark skin person like, oh, I have it harder because of da da da. And the light skin person is like, well, you know, I had it hard because of this, this, this. And I had to deal with bullying right. just like you. And it's like, why are we trying to prove a right. point to each other? Right. We're like we've all had struggles just from being black guaranteed a white person is not walking around like oh you're light skin oh you're dark skin oh you're brown to them we're we're all black now i will say this though because the conversation has been had let's say we're going in for a job interview and let's say it's a it's a light skin black person it's a dark skin black person I know the conversation has been had among the black communities that they feel like the white person is going to choose the lighter skinned black person because they are seen as less of a threat or less intimidating. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. And I mean, historically, white people have tend to favor lighter skin because of that. Mm -hmm. It's so-called closer to the way they look or whatever. Right. So... I mean, I wouldn't put something like that past them, but that shouldn't be a reason for us to come against each other because the white man is racist. Yeah. Mr. Allen, (laughs) that look on your face. Because sometimes I think it it really does have to do with environment because now you might have a dark skinned person and, and it comes back to the whole suburb, inner city type thing. Because mm-hmm. a dark-skinned person from the suburb is not going to have the mannerisms and the facial expressions of somebody that grew up in the inner city. Mm-hmm. So that comes across in the body language, especially in interviews, as somebody that's had to interview people and be the interviewer, you know, interviewee yeah. on both sides. You just there's a it's a harder it's a harder look that inner city people have mm-hmm. versus people in the suburbs have. Okay. And I don't understand or how to explain it. No, I get it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Because you, you have to have a hard look being in the inner city because that makes you vulnerable if mm-hmm. you just look like, you know, just example, even though I'm not from, I'm from the inner city, but like I moved to the east coast for a while and you know i'm just myself but like people could just automatically spot me that from not being from there because i looked happy because i wasn't you know i was smiling and Mm -hmm. they're like you can't be from here even just from you know being from detroit people say all the time they ask where are you from oh detroit no you're not you got to be, and they'll name a city that's, like, right outside of Detroit. Oh, you got to be from Southfield. Just because, I guess, the way I talk, uh-huh. the way I look, I guess, people in Detroit don't look put together is, I guess, I don't know why. But I understand what you're saying. There is a look 
to where you're from. Yeah, living in Detroit. But I've never gotten, no one has ever come up to me and t- said that, oh, you're not from Detroit ever. Oh, I get I that always, all the time. They yeah, look at me like automatically like, oh, you're not from here. Well, is it because you're light skinned? But I don't I know. I mean, that could be it too. But I don't know. It could be. Because I've never gotten that. And I feel like we look similar in terms of looks, how you're put together. Mm-hmm. That was never, because I always asked, like, why does it look like I'm not from Detroit? It was never said that, oh, because you're light-skinned. That was never said. But that well, doesn't, that, that, yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. That doesn't mean that that wasn't one of the reasonings behind why they felt I like I wasn't know. from there. I don't know, but since that's the topic. Right, know, it could hey. be. Yeah, it's always a you never know. Um, but I don't know because I know light skinned guys from the city. But it's not just that though. It's not the fact that you're just light skinned. It's light skinned put together, well spoken. Because I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like we have all of those traits except for I'm dark skinned and you guys are light skinned. And I've never heard that. No one has ever said to me, "No, you're not from Detroit." And just looked at me and was like, "Oh no, you're not." No. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying every single person has said that, but it's definitely been said no, numerous times. Time. Yeah. <laughs> you give it all the time. <laughs> Never. But like like I said, being in the, on the East Coast, mm-hmm. people definitely come to me and ask, where, you're from, where are you from? Yeah, because it's even stereotypes on the East Coast, like New York, for example, that people there are hard and rude and, you know. And, you know, yes, a lot of people are, but I feel like that's misunderstood. It's like more standoffish and mind your business. But it's like you have to It gets to be, interpreted as yeah, something as else. Yeah. Because it's not like if you go down south, you know, you'll walk past strangers and they'll say hi and speak to you, you know, just because it's like that. That's the culture That's the there. culture. But again, you're not going to be, it's not packed where you're around 50 people. And you're always like, that's unsustainable in New York. You can't just walk and say hi to everybody you meet. That right. is crazy yeah because new york is just so fast yeah and it's so many people like you can't it's always a hustle like, and bustle hi, hi. in it's, new york it's very imper- <laughs> it's very impersonal so he's very fast and personal yeah but the if, hustle and bustle but going I, on if you catch my eye and i catch your eye you know but that's in dangerous in new york that. you can't make eye contact in you new york not especially as a woman you as soon as you make eye contact with a guy, he's approaching. And you ain't even gotta um, make eye contact in New York. N- don't even. But if you do, th- that's a, a sign. Like I feel like it's that's a welcoming. Rules. That's a come talk to yes, me. Yes, if you make <laughs> eye contact with a guy, you better not smile. Oh, smile means oh yeah, I'm getting the, I'm getting that mask. <laughs> right. Definitely. That's even here. Shit True. in Detroit. I ain't, if I go, if I go to the gas station, I'm not, it's funny. Every time I go to the gas station, it just seems like it's just all men there. Yes. And best best believe I ain't making no eye contact. I'm not smiling. I just, I want it to look like I don't want to be bothered and somebody pissed me off for today. See, the thing is, I be trying to do the opposite though, because I, these guys be crazy 
and I I don't yeah, want to look so, too friendly, no, but I don't want to look. I look. I want to look like I'm crazy too. Okay. Like I, I want to look like. You better I'm, not. You better think not. About you. Like I'm crazy too. I want to look crazy to the point where you don't even want to <laughs> bother saying hello. Yeah. And that's why y'all be looking all mad all the time everywhere y'all go. Yep. In the inner city. Why don't you smile, baby girl? Hell no. No. So when it comes to black men and them having colorism and women, black women having colorism, what does each look like? Because I would assume that it looks different in the black male community than it does for black women. So I feel Mr. Like it's Allen, a similar. Yeah, but... I'm sure it has some similarities, but also some differences. So, I think a lot of times with the men, it's not. I think it comes down to women and what women is it, what women are attracted to when it comes to men. Mm-hmm. You see the colorism coming out in the competition of does the women like the light skin versus the women like in the dark skin man. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get it too much in competition and sports because as long as you're athletic, right? It doesn't matter it doesn't if you're matter. dark skin. Or but what light about skin. men favoring one complexion over the other? <clears throat> That's definitely there, but I think that comes more with environment. I think it comes with where you're raised. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when you're raised in the suburbs. They're going to have more of that colorisms of trying to keep the family light, you know? Yeah. But when you're more in the city, I don't think that's much of a stronger dynamic than it is in the suburb. But that's just my opinion, you know? So in the suburb, you feel like that's more of a Mm -hmm. more prominent? Can you expound on that? Just the nature of things, just, you know. So what are they like? Are parents pushing their children to... No, I mean, you got to think of the history of it all. Oh, yeah. You know, like organizations like Jack and Jill, for example, or Mm -hmm. these organizations that had, you know, the paper bag test. Right. That, you know, you had to be lighter than a paper bag to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of these families were, you know, the upper echelon of the black community. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there were a large percentage of them, but they were still there and they still wanted to connect their children with other children that were like them that sit in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Now, these children sometimes tend to, as you said uh, before, Tiff, that, you know, they naturally, you know, get with each other because... They're the ones that are going to the same schools right. or the Howards. That's who they're the around. Schools. Yeah, because they're around. So, you know, they eventually, families are being intermingled and married. That if you really look at the history of these families, they mm-hmm. were the, you know, the upper echelon of certain communities. And, mm-hmm. you know, generations happen. It's still the same thing. It's just different. It's, you know, now these kids are private school kids in the suburbs and Mm -hmm. there's still that black community within that suburb but now they're being pushed into certain different directions you know okay that makes sense if that 
Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. So when it comes to women, black women in colorism, I think just like you said, for black men, it's more about, oh, is the woman going to be more attracted to the dark-skinned man or the light-skinned? I think that does carry over to, to black women, especially when we see in, in media and what's portrayed as beautiful or what men like. Um, we use it against each other like, oh, you know, black men like the light skinned woman right. more. And that makes a competition between dark skin and light skinned women. And also you see all the time um, people commenting on how everybody always think because a woman is light skinned that she's pretty. So definitely when it comes to looks and just competition, when it comes to what men like, I think that exists within the black women community. Mm -hmm. And also I think that that creates competition. Just thinking about my own experience, even in the workplace, when it comes to black women in the workplace working. So would you say, have you had these experience as um, like competition with other black women? Honestly, I'm trying to, mm, no, I can't really think of where I I was in a competition with black women at the job or felt like they were coming against me because I was dark skinned. You know, I never felt that. I felt people was come like people were coming against me because I was black. Oh yeah. Well, we're not talking about white versus black. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I'm just saying like. You know, I I know what it feels like to have that oh, dynamic. Yeah, of course. And I've haven't I have not felt that dynamic with other black women based on or at least that I felt that it was based because I was right. Dark of course, it's all suspicion unless someone came to me and told me. Right. No, but you feel the vibes, and it's like right. You it's know, a vibe. when people when you feel that someone isn't feeling you, and like you're going through your mind, like what it could be, like. You know, like, you know that you and didn't do anything there. to them. And <laughs> right. there's nothing there. And it's like, you guys, like, you're trying to narrow off. Well, okay, well, it can't be this because we both got this. We got this about this. Okay, well, shoot, what is it? And then the only thing that you could think that it is when it comes to, like, especially with black women, you know, and especially when you get into, like, professional environments, and the pool of available black men, you know, can seem to be very low. So it's like, you know, it might already have been a competition, but the competition is even steeper <laughs> it's now. It's greater. It's greater now. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's that perception that, you know, whether it's true or not, that men may prefer women who are lighter skinned just based off the media, how that portrays, you know, we know the history of, of how it could play out. Right. But there can be that perception. So, you know, women could be going into it feeling like it's a competition and, oh, well, you know, maybe have a hate in their heart or whatever because there's a woman that's light skinned and they feel insecure. Right. That's possible. It's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. And then it's also possible it could be on the other end too. Like, I will say I have an experience in the workplace 
like yeah i just jealousy. gave that one example yeah but i want to give an example of like feeling it on the other side but like maybe mm-hmm. more in a social where yeah you know being around a lighter skin environment and being dark skin and feeling the jealousy because i feel like sometimes you know the perception can be oh well you shouldn't get this kind of attention because you look like mm-hmm. this you know yeah and so it's it, kind of like why are you getting all the attention because you're darker skin right so i don't understand why you're getting the attention that's what you mean yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's just like the competition i feel like that competition for men kind of is just like along with the the history and the division that's yeah. created it's just okay definitely i could definitely say that probably all black people of all shades have experienced some sort of colorism uh towards them at some point in their life regardless if you're dark skin or if you're light skin somebody probably have said something another black person has probably said something to you in regards to your skin tone and at the end of the day we we're all black we've all experienced you know racism in some way shape or form or come across hardships because of our skin color so we're not going to get anywhere if we're not a united front together i feel like is where we're at I agree. And I just feel like we need to, you know, remove the arbitrary separations because at the end of the day, that was our oppressor that was separating us by our skin color. And we need to, by any means necessary, get away from the thinking of the oppressor and come into the thinking of our heritage. Most definitely. Mr. Allen, you okay over there? Oh, yeah. This is such a great topic. Just chomping at the bit. Just listening to everything. But um, main thing I wanted to say is coming together uh, under being black is one thing, but it's, it's going to take more than just us being black, mm-hmm. you know, to be the main thing for us to come together. And because there's so much more underlying issues than just we're black or you're light skin, you're dark skin that will play a role of us actually being able to overcome mm-hmm. such hurdles like the colorism issues. But um yeah, we definitely need We gotta do better. Yeah, definitely gotta do better. If you would like to weigh in on this topic, feel free to email discussions podcast three one three at gmail dot com. Where can the listeners find you guys at? Tipsy Trail. IG. IG. Mr. Allen, 1911 on Instagram. All right. And don't forget to follow Discussions Podcast on Instagram and also on Facebook. Don't forget to rate and review. And feel free to share this episode with your friends and family. And I will holler at you next time. Smooches. Later, y'all.